0: This morning, I invite you to think about a situation that you've probably encountered in your life, if you're anything like me. <laughs> I'll outline two situations and see what your reaction is. So start thinking and get ready to share with someone beside you. The first one, I'm sure you've run into this, is where you're in a public setting, a social, social situation, and all of a sudden, somebody's phone starts ringing. Maybe it happened here at church. Maybe it's in your Sabbath school class. Maybe you're sitting in in school, right? Or maybe in a work situation, and all of a sudden, someone's phone goes off, and it's not just the quiet little buzzing. It's the whole ringtone, and it's all the way up the volume, and you're sitting there just watching, and no one turns it off, and finally you realize that it's inside someone's purse, and that person has momentarily stepped out of the room. Someone's trying to talk, and that phone is just going off. Ugh. Second situation, you're in a work meeting, or we'll say maybe your, your professor, your teacher, is talking if you're a student and you're in school, and you're in a professional setting. Someone is sharing a very important new um, direction you're going, and you look at them, and you realize there's something on their face. Maybe it's in their teeth, maybe it's something here, you just had a lunch together and they're sharing and you're just looking at them and everyone can only think about one thing, the thing that's on their face, right? What do you do? What's your reaction? Just share with someone beside you or someone in back of you. What's your reaction in these situations? Phone going off, someone talking, something on their face, what's your reaction? What do you do? All right, how is your awkwardness level? It's high, right? The phone is going off and someone needs to turn it off, but I don't don't know if I can do that, the face. How many of you actually go to turn off the phone? All right, yes, I'm, I'm glad you do that. It's a little harder than someone's purse, right? It's awkward, proud of you. Okay, how about the other one? Do you say something? How many of you are the one who says something? Love you. You are my new friends. I appreciate you deeply. <laughs> These are hard situations. And there's so many times in life where you hit that moment and everyone's thinking the same thing. Someone needs to do something, but I don't know if I should do it. Maybe, maybe someone else. Maybe you're closer to them. They won't be offended. Someone needs to do something. Our story today is very similar, where everyone is sitting there going, Somebody needs to do something, but I don't know if I should do it. Maybe they should do it. Maybe better if they're, oh, what will you think if I do it? Our story today is in John chapter 13. I invite you to turn there with me. John chapter 13, we'll be reading 1 through 17. If you don't have a Bible today, there's one in the pew in front of you. And you can go about halfway through and then go a little farther. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 13, verse one. And I invite you to just pray with me one more time as we open up God's word. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for the gift of your word. Thank you for the power that is in your word and by your Holy Spirit to transform our lives, to reveal your heart. God, help us hear your heart today and empower us to respond by your grace. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Read with me John chapter 13, 1 through 17. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath and needs only to wash his feet, his whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you i have set you an example that you should do as i have done for you i tell you the truth no servant is greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him now that you know these things you will be blessed if you do them i'd like to focus in on that last part after jesus washes the disciples feet which you've may be familiar with this story, many of us, or it may be new to you, when you go to someone's house, usually you file in, right? You wash your hands. You ask where the restroom is. They didn't have that then. And before they could eat, they really needed, before they could keep going, they needed their feet to be clean. It was awkward. Everyone said, something needs to be done. And in that space, Jesus comes and says, I'll do it. He comes to the end. He sits down. He looks them in the eyes. Do you get it? we've all been asked that i know i've been asked that by teachers in school when i was trying to understand a concept and so i asked them can you explain that math situation again and they're talking to me and i'm trying so hard right and they're saying do you understand uh-huh i'm i'm getting there. Right? My brother's software developer, he's talking about coding something, and I'm trying, but if I'm not careful, my brain goes another direction and loops around back, and I'm looking at him like, run that by me one more time. Jesus says, do you get it? Do you understand what I just did for you? And the disciples are maybe still getting over the awkwardness a little bit and the fact that their teacher just did this, and they're looking at him like, not sure, Jesus. Jesus says, you call me teacher. They'd been calling him teacher or rabbi for over three years. He was very respected. He would teach in the church, in the synagogue, out in the streets. He had many things to say. Everyone was listening to him. We could also see this as an expert in the field, right? The word teacher, someone who has their doctorate, many of you I see out there. You call me teacher. Jesus says, you also call me Lord. Now we call people teacher today, but we don't always use the word Lord, right? It's a little more foreign to us. It was used a lot in the Middle Ages. So I'd like to throw a couple definitions up on the screen so we can see a little more what it means. A Lord can be a person exercising absolute ownership rights. It could be a title of respect or honor, right? A servant to a master. I like the last one. A Lord is someone he to whom a person belongs, about which he has the power of deciding. Master, Lord, owner. When I think about this concept, I don't call anyone Lord in my life other than Jesus, but I think about it through the lens of dog owners. How many of you own a dog? How many of you know someone who owns a dog? Yeah, it's on my list, my wish list one day. If you have a dog, you are that dog's Lord. If you're a cat owner, it's different. That's why I couldn't use my own personal pictures. I think we have a picture of a dog. The dog belongs to you. You decide what the dog eats, when the dog will eat. You decide what, when they'll have water. You decide when your dog gets to go for a walk. You decide where the dog will sleep and, and where the dog will live. And when you come home, at the end of the day, what does that dog do? Runs up to greet you. Master, you're home and they love you. You are, in a sense, the Lord of your dog. Use it wisely, right? We as people, we don't always like to think of others in that way, but Jesus says, I'm your teacher, but I'm not just your teacher, someone that you respect, someone who has their doctorate, that you're gonna think about what they say. He says, disciples, I'm your Lord. You belong to me. This is who I want to be in your life. So Jesus says, do you get it? You call me teacher and Lord, that's correct, because that's who I am. Now that I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. What was Jesus saying? You need to go wash each other's feet every single day. What does that mean for today? In this story, the disciples had a need. They had dirty feet. And by washing their feet jesus served them and so i can hear jesus saying to the disciples and saying to us today i invite you to serve each other now jesus could have said a lot of things here he was about to die on the cross a very cruel death right for the sins of the whole world and everyone was on his heart jesus could have said now disciples i did this example because i want you to go wash the feet of the roman soldiers The people that you really don't like, who believe differently politically than you do. Is that what Jesus said? Go find some Roman soldiers and wash their feet. Is that what he said? No. Jesus could have said, I want you to go find some of the Pharisees, some of the Sadducees, some of the religious people that have been following us around and arguing with us and causing trouble, and I want you to wash their feet. Is that what Jesus said? No, Jesus could have said, there are a lot of people here for the Passover. Look at all those people. I want you to go out now, out into the highways and the byways. And I want you to go wash their feet because they probably have very dirty feet. Is that what Jesus said? Look at the text. Jesus said, you also should wash one another's feet. He was talking to the disciples. He was talking to the believers right there. Here at the Forest Lake Church, we talk about mission to our community and serving others, and all of that is so wrapped up in this story, and they really go together. But I find it so interesting that Jesus doesn't say to go wash someone else's feet in big need. He says, I want you to wash each other's feet. Jesus invites his disciples and followers today to serve one another. How do we serve each other at the Forest Lake Church? sometimes it's easier to go serve someone out there than the person right here i'd like to look back at this story and see how did jesus serve his disciples and what must we choose in order to truly serve each other as a forest lake church number one i invite you to look at this screen to make us think about what jesus did his character, his personality Picture one, you've seen these before, it's a picnic scene. Picture two, same picnic scene. There are seven differences between them. i give you about 30 seconds to see, help the people around you, how many differences can you spot in the second picture from the first one. One, two, three, go. I promise they're there. Look closely, how many of you have found one yet? Okay, we'll give you a few more seconds. I see one, keep looking. They're there. Okay, I heard I see one, good. Good, good, good. Help someone beside you add to your list. If you're online, just drop them in the chat, write them right there, see who, how many you can find together. We hear some more okay yes okay how many of you notice that in the second picture there's no dash in the word ice cream did anyone see that nice very nice how many of you notice that in the second picture some of the rabbits have more ice cream than in the first okay well done well done give yourselves a hand how many of you notice the second picture, the rabbit in the top is turning a different direction? Did you see that? Okay, I see some hands. How many of you saw that in the second picture, the word differences is missing an S. Oh, I see some loud, proud hands. Yes, we got some good spellers here. How many of you saw that the pattern of stripes actually changes in the second picture? Yes, well done, well done. And the rabbit on the bottom right is now holding ice cream. Okay, all right, well done. You can give yourselves a hand this morning. We did okay today, right? I asked you to see what you could spot, what you could see. But if I hadn't asked you, it might be a little tougher, right? What do you see? in order to serve his disciples jesus had to see them jesus saw peter everything peter was saying everything on his heart he took the time to listen to him jesus jesus saw judas he knew what was going on in his life in order to serve each other we must see each other when we walk into this church do we really see each other are we so busy i'm running a little bit late i got to get to my sabbath school class i got to go find my pew before someone else steals it, because now it's getting so full of all these people, right? Do we really see each other? Or do we think we do? Oh, yeah, I see you. You're the one who looks like you have everything together. You're the one who's always so well-dressed. You're the one who comes at this time, and these are the people who are with you. Yeah, I see you. Happy Sabbath. Hi. Do we really see each other? Do we see each other's hearts? Do we see that we're all real, that at the end of the day, we're all the same, that we're struggling, that we have issues, that we come in, and there's things on our hearts, burdens that we're carrying? Do we see each other in this church? Jesus not only saw his disciples, Jesus valued them. Jesus was spending three and a half years of his life investing in 12 guys who had all kinds of things going on. One of them would betray him, right? Things would happen. Sometimes they were loud. Sometimes they had different issues that they struggled with. Jesus valued them. He said, you're worth spending my time with you. In order to serve them, Jesus valued them. Do we value each other at the Forest Lake Church? Or do we say, "Mm, you're kind of in the category of, well, here's the people I really care about, right? My family and my friends. And then here's the people I don't care about as much. These are the people that I can say, hi, good morning, happy Sabbath, it's so good to see you. We should get together sometime. Not really, probably not, right? No, I'm a little busy, we'll just keep saying that every week. I've been guilty of this, have you? I've heard it said, I love this picture, that as we think about the image of God, when you were born up in heaven, that all the angels took in their breath. You know why? because we're made in the image of God. And they saw in you, baby you, a part of God they had never seen before. And I think it's true, but I find myself often so busy going through life that I don't always value people in that way, right? You're just a person that I'm passing, in the church, on the street, wherever. But if I'm looking, you are gonna show me a part of God I have never seen before. Every person that you encounter, In order to serve each other, we must value each other. We choose to value each other here at this church. The next thing that Jesus did in order to truly serve his disciples, Jesus practiced humility. In this story, the word says that he actually laid aside his outer garments, right? He actually had to change and not look quite as dignified. But not just that. He was at this status. He said, I'm going to lower myself. But it wasn't just that. Jesus took a relational risk. Peter didn't want to be served, right? Peter felt awkward. And sometimes when we think about serving, we have to remember it's really two ways. It's not us coming down to someone, right? It was for Jesus. We're all equal in God's sight. But it's a risk. Because some people might look like they have everything together. And if I say, can I help you? They might reject me. Right? They might say, oh, it's okay, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, I put myself out there. Do you find it easier to give help or to ask for help? How many of you would rather give help than ask for help? Yeah, right? That's definitely one for me. I heard this, I think we have a quote there, that when we judge, when you judge yourself for needing help, you actually judge those you were helping. God hit me with that one. So if I always am giving and I'm never asking for help, I'm actually judging the people that I'm helping. Here at Forest Lake, in order to serve each other, we have to practice humility and to say, I need help. <laughs> can you help me with this? Can you pray for me on this? We have to put ourselves out there. Even if someone looks like they have it all together, that doesn't mean that they don't need someone to reach out and say, Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, is there anything I can do for you? Hey, how? are you lastly jesus in order to serve jesus forgave we just finished a few weeks back our indescribable series right describing the indescribable and the very last topic was the incredible forgiveness of god and i see that so much in this story jesus comes up to his disciples and he washes their feet he washes peter's feet even though he knows peter is his friend Peter's about to say, I don't know Jesus. I don't know who that is. And Jesus still washes his feet. Jesus washes Judas's feet, the one who's about to completely betray him. And he's not feeling resentment. He's not feeling anger. Now, Jesus doesn't make excuses and he doesn't minimize their behavior. We have to be careful on what forgiveness is and what it's not. Jesus says later on, you're not all clean. Jesus later on says in the same chapter, one of you is going to betray me. Jesus was honest. He was honest about how he was hurting. He said he was troubled in spirit. He said, I'm hurting, I'm suffering. Jesus was honest, but Jesus forgave. When I think about forgiveness, I think about a backpack, and I'll need two volunteers really quickly. Maybe there's two students out here today, any age, that can help me really quick with this illustration. Thank you, Mr. Vince, he's bringing it up. All right, who's the first two that'll come up, any age? I see some people pointing. Come on up, come on up, come on up. I see one here, can I get one more? I need someone who can actually, who can carry this big old backpack. Come on up, Kato, thank you so much. Let's give her a hand, awesome. All right, I need one more. Come on up, come on up, okay. All right, we're gonna do this together. I did take my laptop out, but it's still a little heavy. Okay, so who wants to carry it first? You'll carry it? Okay, would you turn around this way? When we experience pain in our lives, when someone does something to us, sometimes it's like we put on this backpack, right? And whatever someone does to us, it's like they're opening up the backpack and they're putting in this hurt, right? And we carry it around with us. And if we're not careful, if we don't forgive, it's like we're carrying around a backpack of hurt and pain. And how does it feel? It feels bad, it's very heavy, and it's not very nice, and we'll walk a little bit more this way. And sometimes we allow ourselves to be identified by what we're carrying, right? I'm the girl with the backpack. I'm the girl who's carrying the backpack, right? Yeah, ooh, we'll give it a little bit of a break, right? We allow ourselves to say, yeah, this is me, and this is what I'm carrying, and, and do you wanna talk about it? Oh yes, I'd love to talk about it. Let me tell you about the backpack that I'm carrying. Let me tell you about the things that people put in there. Man, it's so heavy. Man, it was so bad. I wish that had never happened in my life. But actually, we're kind of almost enjoying it. I like carrying around this backpack, right? Oh, it's so cool. And, and we allow ourselves to be identified by what we're experiencing. And if we're not careful, and come back over here, ladies, this is what we can do. And just like you took off the backpack, you might decide, I want my friend to carry the backpack. And so we try to give the backpack to our friend because we want someone else to hurt just as much as we hurt. And so we want them to carry the backpack too, right? You hurt me, so you should carry the backpack. That's only fair. But guess what? It never works that way. Who, at the end of the day, ends up carrying the backpack? Always you. Always you. Jesus, in this story... Jesus allowed, did not allow himself to be identified by the hurt. What did Jesus do? Jesus chose to let the hurt go. And thank you both so much. Let's give him a hand. Jesus didn't make excuses for what the disciples did. He didn't lie about it. Jesus said, I know who I am. I know who my father is. I'm completely identified by what God says about me, and so I can release you. So he could serve. He was free to serve. We choose to forgive. I think there's one more quote I just wanted to put on on there. I love this from a book that I'm reading for class. You are never more like Jesus than when you forgive, and you will never be set free until you forgive. Release them, and you will be set free. The only way to forgive is to rest on what Jesus did on the cross, to say what he did is big enough to cover it. Jesus, I release this. I surrender this to you. I want to walk in your freedom. In order to serve each other here at the Forest Lake Church, God is inviting us to do the Jesus way and to forgive. That's what disciples do. I wonder here at this church, as we continue to move forward, as God is calling us to grow personally, spiritually, as God has been calling us to step out into the harvest, to share him with our community. I wonder if Jesus could be asking us the same question he asked his disciples. Do you understand what I've done for you? Jesus says, Forest Lake Church, I've set you an example that you would do the same thing, that you would wash each other's feet. Jesus is inviting us to serve each other. Who is God calling you to serve? Is it someone in this church, maybe with a need that's visible, right? It could be financial, it could be relational, it could be anything like that. Maybe it's a need that we're a little bit intimidated of because it looks a little bit too big to carry. And so we really would rather stay away from it and just say hi and keep it to the happy Sabbath because we don't want to step into that need. Maybe, and more likely, (laughs) maybe it's someone who looks like they don't have any needs maybe it's someone who seems like they have everything put together right but someone that god is saying you know what i want you to just reach out to that person and let them know that you care to check in to say hi to say i care about you maybe to invite them over for lunch how would you feel if someone did that for you maybe that's something on your heart today when i think about serving in my own life i have to confess that many times I want all the conditions to be right before I serve. It's kind of like a camping trip. In order to go camping, we tried. We attempted one this year as a family. It didn't end up lighting up. If I'm going to go camping, I want the weather to be perfect. So right now it's too hot. Maybe we can go November, October. I want there to be clear skies, no rain, because we've all experienced a rainy camp out. so not a good time. I need my schedules to align with everyone's coming with me. I need to make sure I have my tent, my backpack, I have everything. So guess what? I haven't been camping in several years because all the things didn't light up. Sometimes when I think about serving, I want everything to be set up. I feel like my house needs to be clean or I feel like I need to be less busy. Or maybe we feel like we need to take care of this health situation first or this thing going on in our life and then I'll serve and so we never take the trip. Jesus today is saying, go ahead, take the camping trip. Do it now, it doesn't have to be complicated. We're all on the same level. It's gonna be messy, it's gonna be sloppy. Jesus says, let's serve each other today. This week, I invite you to ask God that question, to pray every single day, and I'll be doing it with you. The dangerous prayer, Jesus, whose feet do you want me to wash at my church? Who are you asking me to serve? Show me a need that you want me to reach out to. Not that we're any better, right? It's the same way. It's completely like this. Who do you want me to love with your love? And as we pray that prayer, may he change the way we interact with each other as a church. May may it change the way we interact with him. And may that fuel us to do the same for our community. Let's pray together. Dear Father, thank you for being a God who wasn't content to just watch us or to tell us and then to leave us alone. Thank you for being a God who got messy and entered our world. Jesus, I'm sorry for not always seeing the people that you sent me and especially the people right around me. God, I pray that as a church, we would be known by the way we love each other because of the way we serve each other. Open our hearts this week to what your spirit is saying to the person you're calling us to reach out to in this church. Be glorified. We ask that you would heal, that you would restore, that you would forgive, that you would make whole in our church, that we would reflect your love. God, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.